1: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Block Talk Radio. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already know what time, yeah. what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. worldwide. Let's go. So now it's time to turn it up, surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up. We all up in the area like landscape, definitely bringing you the power slam pancakes. It's a mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in and recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis when Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was the nemesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him, he touched his hip but he really could have devoured him. And from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. oh uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam Show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power it Slam Show. Uh, turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. up, turn it up. The pancake and polish land show on uh. Turn it up! You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling.
2: Episode 198, ladies and gentlemen. We are live in a living Culligan funky like a monkey if you will. I love Tuesdays.com that whatever I'm telling you, if you want to start that domain for the pancakes and power slam show, you do that. I love com is the place to be whatever that is. So all you techies out there, all the fans of pancakes and power slams, there you go. We are going to have a fantastic night. Of course, I am Chris Featherstone. I am your host, uh, and this is episode 198. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. We are on the road to 200, ladies and gentlemen. So we are, like we said before, and like we continue to announce, we're going to be action-packed few weeks here. And we are going to have such an amazing time, like we do every single week here on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. 198 episodes. And I continue to thank, 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 all of the wonderful, wonderful supporters that we have on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We're, so we got we got a lot to talk about, and uh, we're going to continue to have some fun. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, 198 episodes, we have the man, Mister Undefeated MMA himself, Mister. I almost made Kurt Angle tap out himself. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce on the show tonight, Daniel Pewter. How are you tonight, sir? Amazing, brother. Thanks for having me on tonight. Fantastic. It's great to have you. So you went to Tough Enough, and uh, you know you, you had an MMA background, and that's when you went to Tough Enough, a lot of people knew your MMA background or knew of you from your MMA background because that was kind of your brand uh, at the time, as far as what made you stand out compared to all the other people. Why did you choose professional wrestling? What was it about pro wrestling that made you choose that path at that time? I know that you were doing a lot of MMA work and you're pretty good uh, in, in your MMA career. And what, was it something that you wanted to endeavor? Was it something that you were as a fan? Why wrestling at that time?
3: Well, I I tried out for one of the previous toughen-ups, and I had some conflicting things going on, and they wanted to have me on, but it just didn't work. So I tried out because I loved it. I watched pro wrestling when I was a kid. I loved performing. Uh, I was an athlete. And one of my uh, best friends, mentors, I would say, Dave Meltzer, uh, his wife called me up and said, hey, you need to. Uh, they're, they're just coming out with a new Tough up. You know, we need to get you submitted a video, and and so it's just you know it's it's uh, I was around it, and between MMA and pro wrestling, they're just they're they're really amazing sports. You have MMA, which is you know really a legit you know sport where you kind of get in that cage, but at the same time, you're getting tossed and thrown in pro wrestling, and
2: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, I just want to
2: challenge myself. Nice now yeah that was it was an awesome challenge for for sure how <laughs> was it how was it being around all the people on tough enough like you know of course when we see it on t v we only see the edited version that kind of you know kind of spruces up the tough enough to make it captivating and watching what was the total total enough total tough enough experience like how how was it you know there's a lot of Talk as far as Bill Demott and you know, and, and now, you know, last last year was a, a really hot topic with Bill Demott and how he trained people. Did you see that with Bill Demott, and how was it all uh, just overall?
3: You know, I, I I didn't read everything about what people said about him. I'll tell you that he tells it how it is. He he trains people very hard, and you know, the sport you can't really if you can't get through Bill Demott's training then you're not going to be getting through uh, WWE for long. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, to be able to train in NXT or OVW or just on the Tough Enough show, those guys, their sole purpose is to get you ready to be able to be ready for the big show. And it's it's that's, that's how it goes. Uh, you know, one story about Bill DeMont, he he did do different things, different guys. But at the end of the day, I thought it was um, sometimes a little excessive, but, you know, it's his style. I'm not going to judge him for what he did. He built a lot of really top-notch wrestlers in his in his time. I, uh, uh, a lot of guys would do moves and then lay on the mat and just lay there and looking at him. And I'd, one day, I did the move wrong. I got up. I always stood up. I was dressed and standing. And he... Came over and grabbed my little pinky and bent it backward, and I go, "Well, are you gonna break it, or are you gonna let me actually do this move? You know, right and teach me right." And the one thing that he uh, pushed and tested me is where my morals and values were. Where where who who was I? And you know, not everybody in in different you know in, in the different leagues that I've worked with, you know, not everybody liked it. You know, because I, I, it's not about uh, necessarily the fame. At the end of the day, it's about a bigger purpose of being significant and and standing up for who I am. And, and if I want to do something, I do it. If I don't, I don't. So uh, he, he, to me, he was, he was, uh, he was an awesome coach, and he really showed me how to be the man I am today.
2: Huh. Nice. That's uh, that's that's pretty good. That's a pretty positive um take on on a lot of negativity that uh, Demott has had uh the past year or so so you know I, i've heard i've heard positive things i've heard negative things you know that's you know when you come when you're any anywhere with when it comes to news a lot, a lot of news is negative so um but it's good to hear positive stories about about Bill Demott for sure so i you know the the thing is you know you have your experience with Demott who was the toughest trainer to get along with during your time at Tough Enough? You
3: know, I didn't have any tough. I would have to say Bill Demont was. You know, he was the one that pushed everybody. He, you know, he even he even went up to me one day and said, "If you don't drink with us, you know, I'm gonna kick your ass." You know, he did it a few times. But it's it interesting because Al Snow said once, "It's better to be respected than liked, than liked and not respected." And so you know a lot a lot of guys that didn't stand up for who they were um you know they they know where they're at today because of it, you know, and I guarantee you they're not uh as as far as you know they should be, and they probably look back at some stuff and and say, "Oh, I should have stood up for myself um but you know he uh, he was by far the toughest um I would have to say just you know with with uh you know, coaching. I would have to say Paul Heyman and, and um, Al Snow were my uh, two favorites overall. And uh, Danny Davis was amazing, but he didn't he didn't coach us as much. And so it's, it was. We had a, probably one of the most amazing teams I've ever had um, for for that for the sport. Yeah,
2: well, that's that's awesome to hear. So, <clears throat> who? You know, and with that tough enough, it was a very interesting tough enough because a lot of time different than um, you know the the tough enoughs that we saw and a lot of them had like just wacky contests and things like that. But it was you know some 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 really legit stuff. Um, that was the same tough enough that had, to, of course, you know the, the Kurt Angle that we'll get to. But what what superstar in the back? Uh, was the easiest to get along with and gave you the most pointers. Um,
3: you know who the most amazing out of everybody probably was, uh, besides my coaches, was um, I'd have to say Don Marie. She's uh, she's absolutely amazing. You know she she uh, she stood up for me when a couple of the guys were you know giving me a little crap. And she also, you know, gave me a lot of wisdom, and we've we've stayed friends till the day. And uh, I'm I'm really proud to to call her a friend.
2: Wow, that's it. In, that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, out of <laughs> why, anyone, Don Marie. Yeah, why is
3: so interesting?
2: That that's the last person that I would think of of anybody. Not just you answering that. I would say anybody. Don Marie out of anybody, but that's but that's really cool that Don Marie gets a, gets a plug, gets a positive plug, you know anywhere because a lot of you know she's not very talked about other than her experience in ECW. Uh, she's not very talked about in a positive way, well, really in a way period. But that's great, you know that's that's great to see. That Don Marie, you know, w- w- stood up for you, and so that's so that great. You said that you, you both are still friends to today. She just had a baby recently. Uh, am I correct?
3: You know, um, I don't think recently. Um, it, I, I don't know how long ago we talked. Probably about three, four months ago. But uh, we didn't talk as much about her family. We talked more about life,
4: mm-hmm. um, this and this and that.
3: But um, it's a good idea. I'm actually going to follow up and, and uh, get a hold of her.
2: Oscar. Nice. Awesome. So you said Domery on the positive side, and you said that there were some stories. I don't know, you know, I'm sure that you wouldn't prefer to get into most of them, but, you know, so, so basically is, is the, was it true that, cause I've interviewed many, many people in the show. Uh, is it true that, you know, there was kind of like a jockeying for position or, or kind of like a new person initiation type of respect or lack of that, uh, some of the wrestlers treated you in the back. W- were you the new kid so you didn't earn the, the respect, so to speak?
3: You no. Know, you know, somewhat to a certain extent. You know, I wasn't I, – I was there to wrestle. I was there to compete. I was there to be a part of a team. And, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've trained with some of the best athletes in the world since I was about 16 years old. Uh, Frank Shamrock and Javier Mendez and Bob Cook and Brian Johnson and you know Kane Velasquez and you know all these top-notch guys and you know when somebody new comes into my gym when I was you know fighting for Strike Force or Bodog or even when we were younger the the coaches had a respect level for for athletes in general and I went in there and not only when I was in tough enough was I one of the first guys to set up the ring consistently? And and I did it every single show I went to with the ring with the ring uh with the ring team. But mm-hmm. I showed up on time. I showed up dressed how I was supposed to. I did and said what I was supposed to. I busted my butt for WWE. I went above and beyond. And you know, when when somebody still walks into the gym uh, I'm about to do a <laughs> about to announce a thing with a gym in 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 Miami uh, in about two weeks, and when they walk in, we respect them, we take care of them, we build them, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't like that for me. Some some people did, but other you know a lot of other people didn't, and I believe that the company would flourish more and be more successful and significant long term if the uh culture was more about building uh each other and building the company hmm. rather than doing some of the things that happened backstage.
4: Hmm.
2: Well you you don't have to say any names but I mean what are what are some of the things that uh that you experienced?
3: You know, just the it, it, a lot of it was attitude. A hmm. lot of it like I used to show up even and, and get some work in and you look at like hardcore Holly, for instance. And he, I don't know what he said about me in his book a couple years ago. But uh, I heard some stuff, and I would show up, and he would beat my ass. He would he would bump me all over the place, and I would continue taking it. And he has the audacity to actually write negatively in his book and I lost all my, I really, I really looked, looked up to the guy
4: mm-hmm.
3: and, and I, I look at that and, and at the end of the day, he's going to go out of this world when he dies for, for, for being a, a loser and an idiot, because you you start writing stuff about people and, and putting people down and, and trying to just write a book, you know, and it's just for the money, it's pretty sad pretty low. Yeah. So you get guys like that that are, that are some of the biggest superstars in the world. Um, and he's just one guy, for instance. But mm-hmm. I lost all respect for him. And a lot, a lot of people that I know did too. They're like, what a piece. Just because he wants to make some money, he writes something negative in a book
2: yeah i've heard some things uh about holly and i would love to bring him on the show uh here soon but yeah I've, I've i've like i mean i've done this for nearly four years now and i've been a journalist for much longer and it you know i love looking at different interviews of, of different people and and what this person has to say about this person just you know comparatively comparatively speaking if i have either or on or both on my show and yeah, I've, I've heard some things, uh, about similar, what you're saying too. So that's, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. and I, I never had a chance to read Holly's book, but yeah, I heard it was, uh, it, you know, he made some remarks about different people that was, uh, not, uh, not really approved by, or, or even, you know, appreciated by, by the other, by the other party. And I'm glad that you had the platform, uh, tonight to, you know, to say that for sure. That was, uh, that's great, so going from going from one person to another, and that's Kurt Angle now, of course, everybody knows that incident where you know during tough enough, where y'all were you were matt wrestling slash m m a fighting, and uh you snap that kimor on him now he he you know Kurt Angle is you know definitely known as one of the toughest people in all of pro wrestling. And also, you know, just uh, an awesome wrestler. I mean, he's he's an Olympian. But yeah, you held your own. I mean, and there's a bit of a weight difference, you know, between Angle and yourself. And I think at that time, Angle was a little heavier than you are. And yeah, you snapped that camor on him, and uh, and it was interesting because it went from a shoot fight to all of a sudden a wrestling match. And I just looked at that video. Uh, I remember seeing it at the time and I just looked at the video recently and I was reminded of that long conversation that Kurt Angle had with you uh, after that. W- what did he say to you? And, and, and from what you were saying, you was you gave very short answers, kind of like a yes, sir, or yes, sir, or, you know, just disrespectful just answers. How did he feel about that? And what did he say to you at the time? Yeah,
3: he he didn't feel too good when I tried to snap his arm off. Um, you know the you know as you can see the YouTube video the the judge I mean the um, the ref you know cu- came out with a video I did probably two years ago now and stated you know yeah I saved Kurt Angle and you know you, you get a guy who is a gold medalist and Olympic gold medalist. And he comes back and you know, he's he's that guy that drinks his milk, eats his Wheaties and marries the girl next door. And uh, you know, living next to a strip club was challenging for him, you know. And, you know, I think he just didn't have the the right mentors in his life to be able to, you know, really live up to his full potential. You know, he didn't have the right purpose. You know, he he's he after the money, he's after the the, you know, everything else he was doing. And uh, I don't want to necessarily talk smack about him, but, you know, after after I, I kicked his butt, he could have done a lot of stuff. He could have, you know, he could have said, you know what, you caught me. And he could have went with it. He could have made a feud out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, he could have taken me under his wing and said, hey, kid, I'm going to make you the best wrestler in the world. But instead... You know they they got nervous and you know and they didn't they didn't uh, want to play. So um, I, I'm I was pretty stoked to be able to get in the ring with him. My coach uh, when I was when I was growing up, Danny Shade, uh, lost to him by a couple points to go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And so you know I was just I was blessed to be there. You know however it turned out, um, it was supposed to be how how it, how it was supposed to be. So, um he he wasn't very happy, I'll tell you that. He got up in my face and he was a little ticked off that almost snapped his little arm. He's actually a big arm. He's really freaking strong. Uh, but I um I was respectful and uh I uh I was just walked out of the ring after after he was done yelling at me.
2: Now do you remember what he said? I mean of course minus the X what if do you, do you remember what he said?
3: The one thing I remember is that he, he said you know,
2: uh, submissions are
3: not legal, and uh, the ref really and I walked in submissions are not legal. Yeah, yes. wow. Because you can't do that. You can't do submissions in here, and it was pretty funny. I was like, okay, wow. So
2: submissions are not yeah, legal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah.
3: <laughs> <That's interesting. clears throat> it, it, it was it was that gist of it. You know, he he's telling me it wasn't legal, and I'm like thinking to myself, well, when I walked in. The ref said anything goes but no striking. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, um, you know, they I, I think and, and a lot of people think that they missed uh, a huge playoff and they've tried to bring in other MMA guys per se and mm-hmm. none of them, none of them have, have really done really well. I mean, have you seen anything that, that you know, they've been effective in that
4: business?
2: No. Other than Brock Lesnar, of course, uh, no, no legit yeah. uh, MMA fighter. Yeah. No, 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 no. Was that planned? Was that segment kind of scripted already or was it a legitimate, you know, shoot segment of bring what you got to Kurt Angle? Was that, was it planned or, or was it just kind of on the fly shoot, shoot style, you know, combat?
3: It was um not planned so we didn't even know when they were having us run sprints in the back and liners and feeding us pasta and milk, we didn't even know that they were going to uh have us go out to the ring after. Hmm. So you know, I was it,
2: it was it was a pretty crazy day. It was pretty nutty. Yeah, it's uh very very interesting that uh it wasn't planned and you know they made it even worse. I guess you know, and I respect the heck out of Kurt Angle. I guess it was one of those things that Angle, I mean, and, and rightfully so, I think he thought he was confident enough that, you know, these little these kids, you know, have nothing against me. And then when you came, I think when you came in and when you kind of leveled out with them and then you, then you snapped a camara on them, I think it was really I'm more shocked than anything that he was like, oh, wow, you know. He's actually hanging with me and thank God that the ref was there because I would have ended up tapping, you know, and I think that was uh, the very interesting. But I do agree with you though. I think I think it was I think it was a missed opportunity. I really think it was a missed opportunity. Even if it gets even if it got to the point where, you know, you could have said, you know, the ref saves you you know, and then Angle could have, it could have, it could have been a storyline. I really think it could have been a storyline. I think that they, I think the WWE certainly dropped the ball with that uh, because I think even if Angle would have had, you know, the pin at the, at the pay-per-view, whatever pay-per-view was next, even if Angle would have had the pin, it would have put you on the map because you legitimately was able to hang with Kurt Angle, you know, from, from a, uh, shoot style standpoint, I th- yeah, I certainly think that they missed the ball on that. And I really m- think they missed the ball with your booking period because there's, there was only a, really a couple times where you had an opportunity to, uh, t- to really make a name for yourself in the WWE. I think you had a match with the Miz um, towards the end of the year and you were in the Royal Rumble. So how did that come about as far as what was the backstage talk of you feuding with the Miz and then the the whole Crispin Why you know situation when he was just chopping the crap out of you? Uh, I think that was the Royal Rumble, if I'm cool. not mistaken. How did that how did that come about? How did that pan out? Was it was it something to to bury you and to kind of initiate you in the WWE, uh, or was it just you know kind of kind of like I'm going to. This is what I'm going to do to Daniel Pewter. This is how I'm going to make a name for Daniel Pewter. Or was it was an idea to kind of make you someone relevant, a, a household name? You know
3: what? They didn't push me at all after that. Right. And that was their call. You know, I mean, I was under contract. Um, do I, I do I think they they needed to do that? No. You know, I think they could have done a lot more. You know, I was, <laughs> I was more committed than I would say, you know, for sure, any of the guys that I was with uh, on the Tough Enough show. Um, But, you know, more committed than a lot of guys. And um, it would have been amazing for them to uh, recognize that. But, again, that's the game. A lot of guys... Play the uh, play the game and and I didn't understand the game yet, you know. Yeah. And, and it's it's um, it's really sad there is a game because they have such a awesome platform and awesome brand that they could do a lot of great stuff and and they uh, don't necessarily do it all the time.
2: Right. Well, and Big Show, did you have any inter- uh, backstage interaction with him?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. After he slammed me into a locker. Plenty of
2: times. Oh, uh, that, and that's a shoot. Yeah, he, how he, was he really shooting? did? Oh wow!
3: I didn't know that. I didn't know
2: that it was coming. Wow. Oh, yeah. Was it just Was it just yeah. kind of like how? What in the world? How did that come about? What 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 made that happen?
3: It was the first day we walked into the guys' locker room. They set it up where a bunch of the guys were in there, and. And um, Big Show looked at me, and he's like, you bowing up? You bowing up, boy? And I was like, you know, I stand with good posture.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) And uh, and he comes over and just launches me into the locker and takes my head and tosses me out of the room.
2: Wow. Just because you were standing upright. Huh. Very very interesting.
3: he's, 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 He's very lucky that... I, I have a lot of peace in my life because when I turn it on, you know, I I turn it on, it it rocks well. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to to be able to you know see how you know it, it is what it is, you know he 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 um you know we talked, we got to know each other after, and 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 I like him. Um, you know he uh, he did it. It was in the moment. and It is what it is. Yeah. But I think I think he's uh personally I think he's uh he's a great guy.
2: hmm Well that's good. That's good that there was you know some some a level of respect that w- was given by the both of you after that incident. What why did WWE release you? Sorry, say that one more time? Why did the WWE release you or did you ask for your release?
3: Um, you know, they they um offered me a uh another contract at the end of the year and I I not want to take it. So I told them uh no thank you and, and went back to Friday. So it was uh it was a good experience when I was there and, and then I didn't think that you know they offered me fifty grand for the second year when I wasn't tough enough and, you know, it was a $40 million dollars a year uh, a yeah. deal. So you know it's um you know it is what it is and uh i was blessed to be there it's just interesting how people treat each other
2: yeah yeah so it was uh, so it was a combination of the money and the politics for you so you had runs in ROH and new japan as well uh if i'm not mistaken um yeah uh, tell tell me a little bit about that experience
3: both of those companies uh are absolutely amazing you know, i really enjoyed both of them and and um you know it's, I love the Japanese culture and you know, I think that a lot of the guys over there are um very um uh some of the best pro wrestlers in the world mm-hmm. and it's, it it was just uh, amazing to be able to go over there and spend some time with them and learn from them and um uh you know with with ROH you know same thing you know they have some really amazing athletes and, and i i really enjoyed uh doing a uh doing a couple shows with them it was a lot of fun
4: yeah
2: i'm a big fan of roh and i can definitely tell that the the you know the family atmosphere there i've interviewed a lot of people on my show from roh too and they certainly confirm that so you're currently involved in, a, in in an organization now let us know a little bit more about that
3: yeah so so I started wrestling we, we launched a league called Marathon My My Power Entertainment It's around what we do with the profit stuff with kids veterans families that sort of thing and it's been great. We had two shows um had a lot of fun so far with uh um show in Miami just had in November, and we're working on a few more shows uh for this year and um gonna it's gonna be fun you know it's it's part time it's it's on my schedule, but a lot of what I'm really spending my time on is is the uh, um, is the uh, the nonprofit and and building that. So the more I can mm-hmm. spend with the uh, nonprofit, uh, the better the better it'll be.
2: That's awesome. So where can people find Daniel Peter nowadays?
3: Yeah, so go uh, go to, to danielpeter dot com, dot my my org. Um, that's my nonprofit. And uh, we're just, uh, just rocking rock and rolling. I'm in I'm in Lovelland, Texas right now. Uh, I'm just speaking today, and and um, and we're speaking yesterday, and I'm just rocking and having some fun. So uh, uh, I'll be in uh Tallahassee t- tomorrow or on Thursday uh, at an event at the Capitol, and and we're just uh, we're just rock and rolling traveling.
2: Absolutely awesome. So, is there any interest in coming back to the WWE?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's. I, I look for you know people to respect me, um, long term, hmm. and if they, they can't do it short term, you know, how can they do it long term? So, hmm. Well said. Um, so, you know, out of five. What's that? Yeah,
2: well said?
3: yeah it's, it's, it's just it's just challenging for me to, to um, you know, to, to see a great brand like that and not not respect their athletes and not take care of their athletes.
2: Hmm. Makes a lot of sense. So I have five names for you. Um let me know your thoughts on them. 'em. Let's start off with JBL. Smart guy. Talented.
3: He's uh he's a hard worker and, and uh good athlete, good wrestler. The Miz. Huh. The Miz. He, uh, he um he's uh he's really turned it up the last few years. You know, he had a he had a good run and and I think um you know he's he's continuing to uh to work his butt off. You know, I'm I'm very proud of, of you know that I kissed his butt and uh he took it and then he went back and, and he uh decided to wrestle for WWE. Triple H. Genius, smarty, smartest guy on the roster, married married the boss's daughter. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, yeah. There you go. That's pretty smart, huh? And <laughs> now he's uh, pretty much what third in command, just about.
3: Yeah. Something like that, right?
2: Hmm. Yeah. Vince McMahon.
3: You know, he's built a great brand. I think he's um, you know, I think he's gone a little off track. Um, but uh, he's built an amazing brand. You know, he's worth worth a bunch of money. He's he the future with the uh, um. Know, internet based, uh, and, um, you know, internet-based subscription model. And, you know, he's one of the first brands to really do that. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of
2: how he's doing it and, and where he's going. Did you ever have any conversations with him backstage?
3: Yeah, we had one or two, and, and um, they were very quick. But, um, you know, he's a boss at the end of the day, and um, he had the ability to... To keep me and push me, he just didn't understand the whole MMA, you know, world at that point. You know, it was brand new, tough enough, uh, or the the Ultimate Fighter was just getting off the ground. So you know, he uh, is a a new thing for him. Awesome.
2: And lastly, John Cena.
3: Um, very smart, Uh, very hard worker, very dedicated. Um, I'm proud to see that you know where where he started out you know years ago um and and where he's at today so i'm, I'm pretty uh pretty stoked about it awesome
2: Daniel and my last question is what would you say to a up and coming pro wrestler or pro wrestling fan who is endeavoring to become a pro wrestler what would you, what type of pointers from your experience what would you give them
3: you know um I would say go out there and and um, find the best coaches that you can find that will um, build you and um, and go above and beyond uh, um, you know treating you good and and helping you get to where you want to go in life and um, I would uh, say you know dedicate and immerse your life into what you do mm. you know I mean it, it's you know they to, to be uh, at the top to be at WWE like I was, you have to um, you know pick and choose uh, where you're going to spend your time. You got 168 hours a week, and you know you sleep you know 68 hours a week on average a day. You got 100 hours to put into your future. So if, if you're going out and partying, if you're wanting just to be cool and and be in the limelight, um, a lot harder. spend 50 hours just goofing around when guys out there are spending the whole hundred, you know, even a 120 hours busting their butt to get to where they want to go. You know, work Mm. your butt off in the gym, do your promos, create an image, um, look outside the box, and uh, get some really good mentors in your
2: life to be able to help guide you. Awesome. Let the listeners know where they can find you one more time. Go
3: to danielpeter.com or
2: mylifemypower.org. Awesome. Appreciate your time, Daniel. You have a great evening. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Have an amazing night. Thanks. Thanks.
5: Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around
1: here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Free. On Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear We've taken this year You know who we are But you don't know why we here So this is where the big boys play These big boys play Like who defies the living guy Get out the big boys' way Outsiders with the swoop in We live as kings You see in us But our third man waits in the wings And when the time is right We shock him with the proper attack I go for dolo but ain't solo Cause the promo in black Hollywood, Hendrix, Frizzle pinning them to the man And I'm Dash Wundekin with the strength of a hundred men with one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap out your guts and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome. Never lost faith. You in our space. You can all skate, Suffer but never crippled. No bin walls in my cross face. <laughs> From here to Saturn, they raving. Anticipating I was frostbitten Now I am Glacier. Mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals. Using God for my defense. In Alabama, we and That's beautiful Bobby Eaton. Me and Priest, we the dangerous alliance. Nah, the Harlem Heat. tie the do-rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep. You all what you speak. This too sweet. Number is took back. We repping that work pack. The foundation shaking. No mistaken, Yeah, we shook that. Trusting God we trust. Pushing forward. Never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people must shook that. Stamping out this crook rap. He in the power we're on on the razor's edge. Leg drop after we powerbomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is too. We playing the war games. Our army go move to youth crew. I'm in the Baptist with a bat in my hand and stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. in the grand scheme is that easy. We tag team and the brothers. We love it. Demand the win. Establish it. It's Clack to the, the championship <laughs> this is where the big boys play huh We ain't here to play
2: episode one hundred and ninety eight awesome interview by daniel pewter very uh very interesting comments uh he brought the name Don Marie as an inspiration, very interesting there and uh also uh interesting take on Kurt Angle and the big show that's what what I love about the interviews here on Pancakes and Power Slams. A lot of people learn some new things from a lot of the people that we interview, and uh, it was—I I had no idea that those those things. And I look at stuff all the time, interviews, listen to them, and yeah, very interesting uh, take on on Big Show there. Very, very weird story, uh, but at the same time, I've heard some things and. Yeah, it was great to have Daniel Pewter on, Derek.
0: Yeah, it was great, and uh, the thing about it, that I really enjoyed, was the uh, the hardcore Holly, and it, he always looked like a great kind of guy. And I never read his book, and uh, I would even really be interested to read the book. Tell you truth until now because i kind of like it to hear people that think that they're you know just really full of themselves and uh just, just really talk because that amuses me i sit back and smile and i'd kind of like to hear his take on it on uh you know everything else so i'm kind of interested about that and i wouldn't have known it unless we uh, talked to daniel pewter who again seemed like a very straightforward guy hey, it was great to interview you can only find that here on pancakes and power slams we are wrestling Another fantastic interview, episode 198. We're almost there. We're almost there to the promised land, so we'll see how we go.
2: Yes, we are. And, and don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, next week, Magnus will be on the show, former TNA World Heavyweight Champion Magnus. I'm really looking forward to that interview. So let's do something interesting before we go to – let's let's do something interesting before we go to uh, Raw here. We usually have a lot of listeners – Uh, and just something I've just thought of today. Uh, Interesting segment. Let's call it Time and Temp. Time and Temp. So let us know, all the listeners out there, let us know where you're at and what time it is and what temperature it is. The reason why I'm saying that is because here in Ohio, uh, it's 1143 Eastern Time, And it is a whopping eight degrees outside. So how about that? That's uh, very inviting for the visitors and uh, that is deciding to listen to some, to to, to come to Ohio to, to have some family, to visit some family. It is eight degrees outside. And yes, it's not very, it's not very fun, but I love Ohio. I love the ebb and flows of of the weather. I it's it's cold. It's frigidly cold outside, but I can certainly appreciate when it's cold outside. I can certainly appreciate the good weather outside, and, and it's it's the middle of January, and it just started getting this cold in Columbus. It was sixty degrees. Uh, it was in the mid sixties in, in December, so uh, I'm definitely thankful for that. So, time and ch- time and temp. We have uh, New Jersey. It's also Eastern Time, so it's the same time. And it's 30 degrees in New Jersey currently. So I guess uh, since we're by the lake, since we're a few hundred miles from one of the Great Lakes, I guess we're getting a lot of the <laughs> the, the chill and the breeze and the cold weather. New Jersey, it's uh, almost 20 degrees, over 20 degrees higher than here in Ohio, so it's uh it's not too bad in New Jersey. Uh we got another eight degrees um here and yeah it's it's great. Um uh, <laughs> someone's someone's saying An Antarctica. Uh, I don't think they're from Antarctica but uh yeah I, I, I it says negative fifty seven. And uh yeah if it's if you're living in negative fifty seven degree weather. You are probably an Eskimo, but uh, hey, listen. The pancakes and power slams. We welcome Eskimos as well. So we we don't listen. We don't discriminate here on the pancakes and power slam show. You're an Eskimo. You listen to the pancakes and power slam show. We welcome you. We welcome you with open arms. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculously pancakes and power slam reaches everyone. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculously cold out here. But Derek, how about those Alabama Crimson Tide? I here's the thing, and last year was a lot different. I was playing Ohio State fight song music, and uh, as a matter of fact, yeah, that's that's the Ohio State fight song music. It's a different it's a different fight song this year. We. You know, we beat Notre Dame and uh, we, we beat them convincingly, <laughs> actually. Um, but, you know, it, it the, the, the playoffs was very bad this year and they lost a lot of money um, be, from having the... They lost a lot of money and a significant amount of viewers from having on New Year's Eve. I don't know why that was decided, though. It just wasn't a good idea at all. But, the The championship game it made up for it. It it really, really did make up for it. I was very impressed by that game. It was. I didn't want Alabama to win because I just don't like the SEC. But you know they deserved it. It was a great game. I really liked it. Deshaun Watson (laughs) was just a monster, and I was very happy with uh, (laughs) the the game. And it it, it was good. It it really surprised me.
0: It was the same thing, and I'm. Just as disappointed with Alabama winning. Uh I didn't want to see him win. At the playoffs were an absolute disgrace. Never let Michigan State back in there, even if they're number one. They totally yes, embarrassed exactly. it. I mean uh D'Antonio, I well, he made whatever. So that just shows that they can't play in the big game. That's it. Um they got steamrolled horribly. And with the game last night, the thing about Alabama is they deserve to be there because they played like they deserve to be there. Uh, The whole game, Clemson did just a great job. I was so impressed by the onside kick. That was the most perfect play I think I've ever seen in my life. That was beautiful. That Hail Mary. So, it's just absolutely – doggone it, I know. It's Alabama. But, again, I mean, they played like they deserved to be there. Uh, They were just on fire. I thought Clemson at Ohio State was – Duped out of the uh, the playoffs. I mean, I, there's a lot of uh, speculation. They should have been there. Uh, yeah, they got snubbed. They got snubbed. absolutely,
2: absolutely. And uh, and I've looked at a lot of people know I'm a diehard wrestling fan. Uh, pro wrestling is, is is it for me. But uh, I absolutely love college football almost as much as professional wrestling, and it's saying a whole lot. I'm a
4: huge
2: college football fan. And yeah, it was you know it was really really interesting because I, I look at the articles all the time, and I and I saw that, and and, and it's it's really interesting because with <laughs> with with Michigan with the with the Michigan game, and with the Notre Dame game, I really think that Ohio State could have had a shot, you know, because a lot of people just you know just pushed them out and just didn't disregard them last year. Uh, and they were number fourth and they barely, they barely came to you know, to number four. And that was under great controversy because, you know, TCU and Baylor were the, uh, the options to go above Ohio state at the time. But yeah, it, it it's panned out, it panned out to be pretty good. And it worked out and Ohio state won uh, they beat alabama convincingly they beat oregon convincingly and i think that i you know the the bout between oregon the, the, the bout between uh, the between michigan state and 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 alabama it was such an embarrassment it's basically alabama having a bye uh because derek you know derek henry just ran all over them and uh, the defense Shut them out. So you know, <laughs> Michigan State. I really wanted them to. I'd rather how State be the representative of the playoffs. I really think it would have been a different outcome. But you know that 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 onside kick was the it was the momentum shifter for the evening. And after that happened, it just deflated. You know, you could just tell it just deflated <laughs> Clemson because they. They allowed a kickoff return, too, but yeah, kudos to the, the, the college football season. Uh, I'm looking forward to game three when Ohio State plays Oklahoma next year, uh, well, next season, and I'm very, very excited about that. Real quick, just my thoughts on Wrestle Kingdom 10. Um, I, was, I, I was a fan. I, I was a huge fan of, of, of Wrestle Kingdom 10. I... You know, uh, the uh, Shibata and uh, Ishii, I think that was probably my favorite match for the never open weight uh, title. Big fan of that match. Of course, uh, Tanahashi and Okada, that match was awesome. I was a big fan of, I was also a big fan of AJ Styles and Nakamura. That match was absolutely incredible. But yeah, it was just, it was awesome. It, it really was awesome. And, you know, kudos to Kushida for winning the uh, uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship. The opener was awesome. The tag team match. Just Japanese wrestling personified. And my boy Jay Lethal returning, retaining the championship against Michael, Michael Elgin. And uh, the Briscoes winning the open weight Six-Man uh, Championship. Uh, from ROH. So yeah, it was it was a great day for ROH and yeah, just it was it was really awesome and you know it just blows <laughs> it just blows the American pay per views out of the water. So you know I, I can't put over Wrestle Kingdom Ten enough. And if you haven't, if you're out there and you haven't watched Wrestle Kingdom Ten, I would you know. I'm, I, I'm not going to condone certain certain <laughs> decisions, but. How about you watch, you watch Wrestle Kingdom 10 uh, and, and you let me know how you thought about it by tweeting at Crave Wrestling. Now, the first Pancakes and Power Sam's trivia for tonight is, what year did Kurt Angle debut in TNA? What year did Kurt Angle debut in TNA? Alright, ladies and gentlemen, let's go through Raw and then we'll go to the flavor of the week, which is uh, we'll talk about uh the number 30 entrance of uh 2011 to 2015 will complete our series tonight um and of course 2011 had 40 so we'll talk about the 40th entrance uh, last uh for for 2011 uh, 2006 is the correct answer great job what year did samoa joe win the TNA world heavyweight championship what year did samoa joe win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship Alright let's go through all. We got Vincent Steph walk to the ring Cuts promo Says any of the wrestlers uh, Standing on the ramp Can win the championship Interrupted by the wide family Who says anyone but you Roman I keep saying man Anyone but you Roman And of course Roman Reigns comes out Has an exchange with the McMahons And, of course, Vince books uh, Ambrose versus Sheamus. Sheamus attacks Ambrose from behind the ramp. Great match between Dean Ambrose and Sheamus. Uh, And, yeah, it was a double count out. They started battling afterwards. And Sheamus got a huge receipt from that match. Very, very interesting uh, match there. It just seems like he didn't really block himself at all and just took that that pole shot like a champ. And when he came back out, you can tell that, man, he was, uh, he was pretty physically affected by that, 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 uh, shot to the pole. It was pretty graphic.
0: Yeah, it was pretty graphic, but I mean, look what they were going up against last night. So, uh, WWE had to pull out all the stops with this raw. They did. At least they think they did the, they had their moments, but this particular match—I mean, it was there was no stops. Hey, everything was just so hard-hitting, you know, high capacity I mean, match of the night for me. So, uh, with that being said, I mean, Sheamus—he's really up to character so, for the past since he lost his title. Anyway, I'd say so. I mean, he's really kind of showing his. This is why I should be in the main event type thing. Not that I ever think he's going to have the belt again. But uh, just for the fact that he can hang with, I'm to say, Dean Ambrose, but, I mean, the guy has a lot of character, and he's really coming through on the heel. Yeah,
2: he is. Uh, you know, he, he's he's developing himself pretty good as a heel. Like I said, it, Sheamus has always been a solid wrestler, no, no matter how you slice it. Sheamus has been a sl- solid wrestler, and, you know, his character's been bland a bunch of times, but, you know, his his he probably has one of the best – uh, theme songs uh, uh, of the night uh, of, of the entire WWE, and you know he he's he's where he he's where he's at he's he's where he needs to be as a heel at this point of time. I think it's you know yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him anywhere else. And of course, I have Owens attacks Ambrose post match. O'Neill and Stardust. What in the world? First of all, why would you have this match twice or consecutive weeks and again, there was no build to this match. There wasn't a significant build to this match. You know, you had O'Neill interrupting Stardust's promos before. You had him commentating during Stardust's matches. But why would you not have some type of Pre-stage, backstage, lead-up to this type of match. Rather, you have them fight again. It just wasn't, you know. Last week we said it was the San Antonio crowd. They were in a very, you know, uh, party city, New Orleans. The crowd is uh, not as smarky as Midwest, but you know, they're 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 pretty vocal. They're not necessarily smarky, but they're pretty vocal. But again, it was mostly silence in this match. So it really goes to show that they just missed out on an opportunity to make this match at least a Royal Rumble pre-show match. I think they could have built this match enough to make this a Royal Rumble pre-show match. Instead, you have it on two consecutive (laughs) weeks and no one cares about the feud anymore.
0: No, I, I said it last week. I mean, it just doesn't really fit together. And this time it just shows it again. Why would? Why did they do this again? We don't want to see it first to start to begin with. I mean, they could both be doing something great outside of each other. I mean, could this lead to maybe a new tag team or something down the line, some kind of weird like Booker <laughs> yeah. T gold dust thing they're trying to do?
2: Right. Uh, this doesn't point. really
0: make a whole lot of sense. So, other than that. Yeah.
2: Still no an- correct answer about the Samoa Joe. I, I-, I see 2007. So here's uh, uh, here's the uh, response of 2007. Mm-hmm. That is not the correct answer. The correct answer is 2008 is when Samoa Joe won the uh, the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Next question is: Who was the runner-up of the 1988 Royal Rumble? Who was the runner-up of the 1988 Royal Rumble? And next we have uh, the, the Chris Jericho highlight reel with the New Day. Uh, man, I I don't know how I feel about this. I, you know, I, I think that Chris Jericho and the New Day, Chris Jericho versus the New Day. I think that that has a very good potential to to be a very good, you know, feud. I mean, you know, Jericho and Co- uh, Jericho against a heel Kofi, or Jericho against you know really Big E. But uh, you know, definitely the mouthpiece of the New Day, which is Xavier Woods. Jericho and a feud against Xavier Woods would be amazing. I would I would love to see that from both a mouthpiece standpoint and just you know they both can go in the ring, but. There's just something off about this. There's there's something just just missing. It's off. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's just off. And this Jericho return has been a bust. And it's and, and of course it's sad for me to say that because Jericho is one of my favorite of all time. <laughs> it's just really a bust to me, unfortunately. And just the whole Usos coming in and he made. A reference of being, you know, this being my uh, uh, back-of-the-bus brothers and just what is going on here? The Usos end up winning. It seems like they're going to set up the Usos versus the New Day, but I I, I really don't understand why he would say something like that. And just, again, it's just there's something missing about this, not necessarily the competitors because, like I said, a Jericho-New Day feud on paper uh, from an in ring standpoint, it would be amazing, but uh, I think probably because the flat Jericho return. Now I did watch the, the the countdown to Jericho returning, but here's the thing: it, it was only three. The, it was only what three, four months since the last time he just about four months since the last time he's been here. So it's not really a return. You, you've been on four months, so it's not too much. And then last year, you had certain blurbs. You had, you know, your match with, uh, you know, Kevin Owens and the MSG. You had your match with Neville in Japan. So you were kind of part time, so you were there enough times to not make a return that exciting, unfortunately. But yeah, it was just something, something missing there.
0: Now, there's something missing, for the most part. I mean, he's a rock star now, and I just don't... It seems like he just doesn't have his heart into the wrestling side of it, which, you know, I don't know if he's under some weird contract. Obviously, he's probably got to make certain dates and things like that. But, again, it's – and like you said on paper, him against the New Day and have the Usos there. I mean, the Usos, they've got problems themselves. I mean, they're the most stale thing that Raw has right now, the WWE. I mean, they're still boring. It's the same thing. I'm over it. But uh, with Chris Jericho being in there at the New Day, I mean, that, they would tear the house down. Cause, I mean, Jericho's that type of performer. But again, what kind of Jericho are you getting? The Jericho of five, ten years ago or the Jericho of now? But, again, he just kind of flops around. He doesn't really have that same pizzazz that he had. So nothing against Jericho, but, you know, it's, <laughs> you'll be a rock star or come to the wrestling and, you know, give it, give it your all. Either way, I mean, he's an amazing talent. So, yeah, but... Uh, you know, kind of make it a little more interesting. Make me really want to see you win.
2: Yeah. And interesting clarification from a list of, of wrestlers tweeting about this uh, today, uh, well, yesterday. And yeah, very interesting. Uh, the Dullies, the, even the Usos, uh, it, they're relating to a, uh, a picture that they took uh, when they were traveling together. Uh, it was the Usos, Jericho, and Ambrose. Um, so that was the back of the bus brothers, you know, so a lot of people had something to say about that, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it was an inside joke that it, it was, it was an inside joke that really didn't necessarily, wasn't necessarily the best idea <laughs> at, the, at the time, because a lot of people didn't know what the heck it was. Uh, but you know, it was good. That it was clarified for sure. Let's just run through the rest of it here. One, one man gang is the is the correct answer for sure. Great job. So you know, I gave you a, a buzzer, so you know I'll give you one of these. I'll give you a correct answer one. All right. So we got the uh, JBL announces sting. Let's talk a little bit more about this before we get into the flavor of the week. Um, man, I, you know. I, I've said a lot of bad things about the way the WWE has booked Sting over the year uh, over the year that he's been there. Um, he's been there about twelve months. Well, he debuted his Survivor Series 2014, and this just their booking of Sting all around was, was just abysmal. It was absolutely horrible. I wasn't a fan of it at all. However by giving him this uh, moment to headline the Hall of Fame is absolutely the best decision that WWE can make when it comes to this thing. And I will not say that putting him in the Hall of Fame will atone for his horrible booking of 2015, but I will say that he is well, well deserved of being in the Hall of Fame and I'm really excited about just his uh, speech, and it'll probably be Ric Flair that'll probably give him the speech. Um, and I'm sure that Flair a lot, say a lot of things about him. He'll put him over like he like he does all the time, and just you know, Sting's speech is going to be really, really exciting. So, you know, I'm almost excited about the Hall of Fame. Well, I'll say just about excited for the Hall of Fame. You know, the night before, you know, than I am. WrestleMania, uh, especially with Sting being being inducted, is going to be great to see, and I'm really excited about it. Interesting take, real quick. Right after the video package, which was very good, the Wyatt Family music comes on, and they kind of automatically do like a hard transition. So you know, I wonder if there's something to that, and I would definitely love to see Sting's match, last match against Bray Wyatt. Sting-Wyatt match at WrestleMania would be absolutely
0: epic. Well, of course it would be epic. And I'm, I think everybody under the sun is not totally agree with you as far as how the WWE Sting and how it was just an absolute massacre of how Sting should have ended. The Hall of Fame thing, I mean, it's a given. They've got to do it. I mean, they, I mean if they didn't, it would just be unjust. Cause, I mean, the guy is a true veteran. He's a legend. And even I was excited about it because it just takes me back to, you know, especially when they showed the old, you know, blonde hair face paint. I mean, he was just the, he was the cooler Hulk Hogan type of guy, but uh, you know, there's, Nothing but good can come out of this, and even if Ric Flair is the guy that's going to induct him, that makes it even better because you think Sting, you think Ric Flair. It was just yeah. two and two, NWA, WCW. So I mean, yeah, I I totally agree, and a lot of times I do really look forward to the Hall of Fame almost more, more than I do the the actual the WrestleMania because it's mm-hmm. again they just it takes you back because these people are you know they've been around for you know plus years and it's, it's, so it's always a, a good. Heartfelt, whatever, ceremony. So, yeah. anyway, that's absolutely. my take on it. So, I'm excited for you and all the other Die Hard Sting fans. Yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> what year did Tito Santana win the Intercontinental Championship? What year did Tito Santana win the Intercontinental Championship? Why Family versus Social Outcast interrupted by Ry- Ryback? I have no idea where that's going to go. I, I have no clue how. I thought the social outcasts were heels, but they come out as baby faces against the Wyatt family. Is this like Oddities 2.0?
0: Oddities 2.0. I don't know, for crying out loud. They got a good thing going kind of with them. Then they have to go do something stupid. It's Oddities. I haven't thought about them in years. Uh it, it it honestly seems like something that's just thrown together, so there's not really too much to say. It's it's kinda of right. rushed and ignorant. So too yeah. much going on, you know, sorted out with I don't know, in Royal Rumble. I don't really know what they're gonna be doing with this.
2: Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. What does make sense is Kalisto wins the United States championship. First of all, you had a pretty poignant interview. Uh before the match, talking about you know the, the lineage of U.S. champions John Cena and Eddie Guerrero, mentioned which was awesome, uh, and I was I was a big fan of it. I, you know, this was you know I have I didn't think too much of Kalisto because he's just so small. You know, in and, and it's unfortunate, no, no fault of his, but. He's just not a convincing he, – he just doesn't look like someone who could be a major singles champion because he's just so small. Uh, but the way that they booked it was good. You know, I, I think that uh, he brings in a, a really good, you know uh, – I think that he helps with merchandise. I think that uh, you know, the, the Lucha Dragons is, is over. The Lucha Chan is over. He's branding himself. I always talk about that on the show, about someone needing to brand themselves. And he's branding himself with the Lucha Chance and uh, Salida del Sol. I think having that spot uh, on TLC was one of the best things that could ever happen with Kalisto. Because it got it got him even more over, and even the crazy thing about that is that I just don't know if you know Sin Cara being injured, if he wasn't injured, I don't even think that this would be the path of Kalisto. So it was a blessing in disguise for it was unfortunate for Sin Cara, but Sin Cara was more like a mentor. He was more, you know, I think. Kalisto was more of a prodigy type thing uh, with, uh, with Sin Cara. Now, you know, I, I don't think it would make sense for Sin Cara to come back as a heel and they feud against each other. I just I wouldn't want to see that for the U.S. championship. But I'm interested to see where this goes with Kalisto. It, it was, it's definitely a fresh new face to be, you know, pushed in the main event scene. Now, you know, it was, it was a surprise. It was good. I, I liked it.
0: I liked it as well. I was totally blown away. I had no idea. It's one of those where I was kind of looking off in the sunset, and all of a sudden, I was like, did I just see that? The Callisto ones. Good for him. And I was reading articles today about how they're kind of comparing it to like a Rey Mysterio type. I and mean, I was never a big Rey Mysterio fan per se, but however, I mean, this was just an absolute – for Monday Night Raw, for Roman Reigns to win, what, three weeks ago? And uh, for this to happen, I mean – it's doing good. I don't want it to be overkill kind of necessarily like every week, there's going to be a title change that'll ruin the surprise of it. But the surprise has been great. And the future for Kalisto right now is, you know, he could be a potential mid carter if that's how they really want to do it with him. So, I mean, that would be phenomenal. That'd be great. So, or if they're just going to keep tossing the championship around, that'll stink because nobody wants to see that. They've been doing that for years. However, the U.S. title has gone through a lot of changes. And uh, I, I still like it. There's still a lot of energy and momentum behind that belt, so I mean, keep it going. Yeah, absolutely.
2: 1984, I see with uh, with Tito Santana. Great job. That is the correct answer. Next next question is: Who wrestled as the Executioner at WrestleMania One? Who wrestled as the Executioner at WrestleMania One? Charlotte versus Brie, Brie Bella. I, I don't understand this. You know what are they making Team Bella? They they were the they were the prominent heels of this whole Diva revolution saying that, you know, the Divas aren't gonna come, you know, ruin our shine and Nikki has that long title reign. People don't like Nikki Bella. She's out with injury. Now Brien and Alicia are just kinda like in Divas division purgatory like they just they're off and on fighting faces fighting heels it just doesn't make any sense at all this match and i mean i i appreciated the fact that uh becky lynch came out i really uh I, i've told many people becky lynch is you know my favorite on the raw roster i think that they should give her a a baby face underdog push leading to WrestleMania. I think she's the diva that she's the woman's wrestler that has the ability to get the crowd behind her and have that diva's push and have that big moment at WrestleMania. I think it's great. She's been under the radar with the whole diva's revolution. She's probably, and even Paige said this you know, on on an interview on Raw. You know, you're, I'm paraphrasing, she's one of the most and overlooked divas on the whole roster. And unfortunately it's true, but you know, I think that they should really give Becky Lynch the, uh, the, the, the moment, you know, that she deserves. She's been doing this for a long time. And I think that they should really give her that moment. And I would really like to see a match between her and Charlotte leading into WrestleMania and Becky having that big moment. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see it.
0: And I would love to see it too. I mean, I think they're kind of phasing away the divas. I mean, you had the uh, Brie Bella and all that. Um, sorry, what's her sister Nikki Bella? And so with this, it's kind of they're shifting away from it because I agree that Becky Lynch is phenomenal, and her and Charlotte she's doing a great heel. Um, the divas division right now could really just transition and just demolish all the pretty poofy stuff, and just be excellent wrestlers that they can be. And so, I mean, I can see the potential in these two. I mean, they would tear the house down. I mean, Mick Foley is a huge fan of this. I mean, he's just Mm – there's so much to do with this. And, I mean, he's right. I mean, we've said so many times about the Divas. This could make them better. This could make them better. I mean, this is the absolute best thing that they have right now are these two. And, I mean, just let them go at it. And they will – they could main event – I mean, what? They main evented SmackDown not too long ago, I believe. Or even no mm. Monday Night Raw. So, give yeah. them the shot, give them the chance. They will not disappoint, and the fans are going to love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah.
2: Uh, Correct answer: 1980 uh, for Buddy Rose, Playboy Buddy Rose. Great job with the trivia today. And then finally, we get uh, Roman Reigns versus All, and there was a number of heels out there. He fights Owens for most of the match. Then he gets jumped by the heels. And then Brock Lesnar, who had, you know, Paul Heyman had backstage conversations with the McMahons. He, you know, Brock Lesnar is a prize fighter. And his proposal was Brock Lesnar versus the winner of the Royal Rumble. I didn't want that because, you know, to me, you're not, you you don't want to make, you don't want to make a potential Roman Reigns win um, you don't want to make that as obvious as possible. You certainly don't want to do that. So him being in the Royal Rumble and him, 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 kind of cleaning house, I like that because not only does it kind of swerves away from Roman Reigns winning, it also kind of swerves toward. My prediction is an early Royal Rumble prediction. We're going to do them next week, but here's my early Royal Rumble prediction. I think that Triple H will come in and be involved in the Royal Rumble and swerve uh, uh, everyone and and somehow be in the Royal Rumble. Now, who's going to win it? I'll let you know, know next week, but I think that it can play towards a Triple H swerve, and it can also play towards Roman Reigns' you know, winning and not it being obvious. So Lesnar coming out, being a part of the whole segment of all the people there, laying people out, it was good. I still think they need to make Brock a definitive face or a definitive heel leading into WrestleMania, but hopefully they do that after a Royal Rumble because they need to go ahead and lock in Lesnar's feud and to lead him into the Royal Rumble, whoever he faces, and to go ahead and lock that in.
0: Yeah, there's a lot up in the air with this uh, year's Royal Rumble. There really is. And uh, especially with last night, I mean, going back into the Raw with, uh, yeah, Owens had a lot to go in there. That was pretty much the whole thing. And then Brock Lesnar coming in, throwing everybody around. And and that's still great to see, but it's just not kind of exciting as it used to be, you know, last year or two. So, I mean, they really have to do – a something to make Brock Lesnar more menacing. Even if you said, just make him a face. He can't be this shade of gray because you want to cheer for him, but you want to know as he, you know, face heel. So what's going on with him? Roman Reigns, um, in the Royal Rumble, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, Brock Lesnar is going to clean house, so it's probably going to come down between those two. But uh, I do, yeah, Triple H, he's definitely going to have something in it. And if this is going to be like maybe his last run, uh, for his career up to WrestleMania and whether you have to wrestle you'll probably end up being Roman Reigns. We'll see. This Royal Rumble almost seems like it's going to be a cornerstone for how the rest of 26 teams going to going to turn out and pan out at least up until, you know, midsummer after WrestleMania season and everything. So, but uh, you know, next Monday brawl go home show so hopefully have a lot more answers but a lot more questions. And Royal Rumble really seems to be taking good shape.
2: Yeah speaking of the go home show of raw i will be there live so i'll have a lot of notes and stuff uh news and notes for that and i'm pretty excited i i catch all the raw shows that come my way uh smackdowns too so i'm pretty excited about that so it'll be interesting to see uh who's going to be and what's going to happen to go home show so there was even talks about the bullet club uh, debuting yesterday, but, uh, AJ Styles, uh, was competing in the UK. So, uh, you know, save them until Royal Rumble. I wrote an article today on Nation dot com of how they should be booked. And I, and I, and I stand firmly behind that, bring them all together. I know that, you know, AJ Styles just got kicked out by Kenny Omega, but I think that was a little bit premature, I think they really should come as a unit because them coming separately does not help any of them. You know, it could help Nakamura, it could help AJ Styles, but at the same time, really getting a Nexus-style debut would help all of them collectively because I just don't see, like I said in my article, I just don't see the star power in the States. Uh, and, and I've said this many times. I'm a huge Carl Anderson fan. I think he's the most flu- one of the most fluid wrestlers in all of the world. But him and Gallows don't have enough star power to be a top heel tag team right off the bat. You know, the New Day is the top heel, one of the top heels in the entire company, and the best tag team going today. And just bringing. Carl Anderson and, and, and Doc Gallows in alone as a as a as a team. I don't think it's a good idea. They don't have that star power, but if they all come together, AJ Nakamura, Anderson Gallows, and Finn Balor, I think that that would really make an amazing statement, and it would really open up so many possibilities for WrestleMania.
0: It definitely would, because I mean you got the whole bullet club. I mean it's so exciting that this is about to happen. You know, you almost never thought that would happen. And it they're coming in, Royal Rumble, someone let the cat out of the bag and everyone knows, but I mean for crying out loud, this is almost like like what was that? The rev uh what was that? Uh when Chris Benoit and all those guys came out. The radicals. The Radicals, yes. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. And it's the same type of feel. And it's just you read about it every day for the past couple weeks. And you're so psyched. I mean, this could actually happen again. This is why the Royal Rumble this year, it's on the path to be probably one of the best. I don't want to say that too soon, but it really seems like there's so much going on with it. And this this just puts icing on the cake. So my hat's off to it. If they can pull this off and make it something really awesome, then – I mean, the WWE's really got something to be proud of with this particular pay-per-view. Absolutely.
2: Flavor of the Week coming up. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, let's talk some Royal Rumble. Last entrance, number 30 typically, but with 2011, there there were 40 people in the Royal Rumble and Alberto Del Rio was uh, the winner. However, Kane was the last entrant of the Royal Rumble. He only stayed in for a little over a minute and a half Kane out of anyone <laughs> and was eliminated by Ray Mysterio. So that was uh <laughs> unfortunate, you know, for only being there a minute and a half and, you know, uh, Ten years before having a a long-standing record that you know a record that lasted over a dozen years, you know that's a big step down from from uh, for Kane, especially since he's on the poster. So that's unfortunate. Uh, Del Rio wins. Uh, he loses his match in uh, WrestleMania to uh, Edge yeah well wait uh, he, went against, yeah, he went against Edge and lost against Edge that year um, but yeah it was very interesting and, uh, and it, it, him and Santino were the last people <laughs> all there and the whole Santino thing when he came back in and uh, Del Rio was celebrating and I think that a lot of people just really got excited about that because Yeah, (laughs) no, they didn't want Santino to win. A lot of people didn't want Santino to go to WrestleMania, but it was it definitely suspended people's uh, imagination or suspended reality at the time. Back to thirty in two thousand two, the Big Show uh, was the thirtieth entrant um, and only lasted a little less than two minutes. Randy Orton eliminated him, but Sheamus ended up being the winner. Lastly, uh, uh, lastly eliminated Chris Jericho, who should have won, who really, really should have won because, of course, you get the eight quote-unquote eight-second match with the world title uh, against Daniel Bryan with Sheamus, and Jericho ended up going against CM Punk for the WWE Championship. It made no sense. There's a lot of talks that because Jericho was booked to win the WrestleMania, there was a lot of talk about him winning, a lot of leaks of him winning, I think that would have just been such an awesome notch in his belt to say that that he won the Royal Rumble, especially being so notorious for coming in and putting people over, thinking it would have just been awesome. But, of course, he gets second place. Royal Rumble 13, we have uh, Ryback being the last person, lasted nearly 10 minutes with uh, being eliminated by John Cena. Went up winning the whole thing. But it's another case, you know. They just they were they just did this to set up uh, Cena Rock. They didn't need Cena to win to set up Cena Rock. They still had the WWE World Heavyweight <laughs> Championship at that time. I think I think Ryback would have been the perfect person. He was still hot at the time. It would just been a perfect opportunity for him to win. 30th for two thousand fourteen was Rey Mysterio. He only lasted a couple minutes. Uh, Batista was the, he got eliminated by Seth Rollins, uh big, big night for the Shield. And Roman Reigns just was cleaning house that night. He was the MVP of the 2014 Royal Rumble with Batista one and <laughs> didn't get a lot of good reactions. Of course, last year, uh, the 30th was Dolph Ziggler. He only lasted two and a half minutes. Uh, for some reason, Big Show and Kane just decided to just eliminate people collectively, <laughs> which was Stupid. Last year was probably one of the worst Royal Rumbles of all time. It was horrible. The, just the, the lineup—the thirty people. The Boogeyman was in it last year. Uh, you know, your boy Dango, DDP was in it. That was a nice uh, little rub there, and uh, Bubba Ray. That was a nice surprise. But overall, the the it was just a horrible Royal Rumble. So, out of those, uh, out of those Royal Rumbles, which one sticks out to you the most?
0: Uh, like you said, back-to-back back with the uh, Royal Rumble 2012 and 2013, where he had his Sheamus winning and with <laughs> what happened in WrestleMania, exactly. It's just over Jericho. Are you kidding me? I, that just made absolutely no sense. And I remember he even talking about him, pancakes and power slams. And that's the thing, way back when. And uh, after that, you have another stinker, with John Cena, setting him up for the ride. And he, like, you're honestly – John Cena the Rock and sell itself. Let somebody else win the Royal Rumble and have their time. But, no, they had uh, the John Cena wins, smashes everybody. But, you know, makes no sense. But to me, the one that hurts the most is just the Sheamus and the knocking off of uh, Chris Jericho. Didn't need to happen. What were they trying to do? They didn't do with anything with Sheamus. They haven't done anything with Sheamus until the last few weeks. So, now, again, Royal Rumble has just been a ton of stinkers in the past – Ten years, so, but you know, maybe this one will make up for all of it, man. Fingers crossed. I hope it's going to be great. Yeah, let's
2: let's hope so. I I think it has a some really really good potential of being a you know, a fantastic. We're due for it. Yes, we we absolutely are due for it. It's been such a long time that uh, we've actually had a very memorable, exciting Royal Rumble. Two thousand twelve wasn't that bad because uh, you know Jericho. Came back was an awesome, you know. uh, He he was number two. Uh, I I listened to his podcast about that, and he was just saying that that was probably that was one of his best returns. Uh, He said, other than the initial one, that was his best return that he's had. And i I would agree with that because I think it was thirteen when he came back. I I would say so because it was it was such. It it was so unexpected. And and a lot of these Jericho returns, they're so diluted nowadays. But this Jericho return was was so unexpected. The crowd went absolutely bananas. Uh they were in uh Phoenix at the time. And just the Phoenix crowd just went bonkers. It was just and uh, it was a deafening ovation. And and he he was just talking about how how much the, the crowd was over and how just uh, exhilarating the feeling was that you know even you know almost twenty five years into his career having that moment was awesome so yeah all right ladies and gentlemen follow crave wrestling at crave wrestling on Twitter follow crave wrestling on Facebook like the crave the crave wrestling Facebook page. Of course, I write articles on Sports Illustrated, so check them out. I write articles on WAWNation.com. Check them out. Ladies and gentlemen, greatly appreciate it. Next week, we got Magnus. Until then, Daddy Loves Elijah, thank you so much for joining us, and you have a safe week and a great week. And these Midwestern people, you bundle up because it's cold outside.
1: God bless. Goodbye.